Howdy, y'all. Welcome into SOS Podcast. My name is Ben Fields. This is my podcast. Thanks for being here. Okay. I may have made a little miscalculation. And uh, perhaps I under-explained the uh, non-fungible token, or NFT, that we minted and released last week for our 100th episode. So, this week, I got Blake Cass to come in and help us understand NFTs a little bit more, and uh, a digital and virtual world that we are all seemingly venturing toward as a society. Uh, We talk a lot about NFTs and cryptocurrency in my chat with Blake uh, and a little bit about the blockchain, uh, which is fascinating. Uh, But then we talked about uh, Blake's career in the music industry. Uh, He makes guitar pedals now. Pretty, pretty bad boy, old Blake. But but here's here's pretty much it. All right. Ultimately, with the NFT that we released last week with the 100th episode, the SOS 100 NFT, it's a collectible digital one of one token, a digital collectible. That's up for auction on the OpenSea marketplace. And you can find that at the link in our Instagram bio. So pretty much the highest bidder at the auction keeps the SOS 100 NFT, but it's not just the digital piece of art that you get. Whoever owns that NFT immediately becomes a contributor and producer of the podcast with me and Sam. So that's recommending guests for the podcast. That means coming on to the podcast as a guest yourself, if you want. That means helping us strategize on how to move forward with SOS So if you own the NFT, you curate the podcast. That's the simplest way I can put it. Uh, The auction ends this Friday at 5 Eastern. So check it out. Look at the link. There's already uh, some bids on it from what I understand. All right. You guys ready? Buckle up. It's the future. It's here. Here's my chat with my buddy, Blake Cass. We're doing the podcast. Blake Cass? Man, howdy! It's been a while. I know it's been a minute. Uh, this is an emergency podcast uh, because I put out an NFT, uh, and I realized that a lot of people oh, uh, that listen to this show don't know what they are. You said the one of the the magic words uh, <laughs> that that causes me to start talking, and then causes my closest friends to stop listening. <laughs> but I think I've I've been in it for three years now. Yeah, I think I've dialed it in to where. I can give you what you need to know. I can tell you my story, and um, I think I can I can do it in, a, in an informative, correct way. Can you do yeah. it in a way that people can understand it? I believe I can. Yeah, I think I can. I, I can. I can help you out there at least. Okay, gotcha. So, uh, it, do that a little bit. So, <laughs> in, NFTs are, you know, they've come up as like as a kind of a way of, of digital digital art is one way. Uh, that they have kind of popped up and gotten crazy, uh, crazy kind of attention with, you know, Beeple selling something for $60 million, all of his art or whatever. Um, And it lives on the blockchain and all that just confuses people. Right. But like, if you were going to explain it to somebody who didn't know what it was, how would you do it? Okay. So uh, I will, I will give you um, my blockchain explanation in a minute we'll just keep it on the nfts for right now okay but nfts exist because blockchain because bitcoin it's all related to cryptocurrency right and it's um you know nfts they i think have gotten a lot of younger people into uh you know uh play you know playing this game that uh, quote unquote that old you know stuffy wall street 
rich guys. They've been playing this for years. With commodities? But NFTs has, have been, yeah, stocks and all this stuff. Yeah. I think NFTs have made it fun for younger people. The NFTs are like finally starting to get into a phase where people are realizing that like there needs to be artistic value to this or there needs to be utility to this. So I see that you guys, you have an NFT for yeah. sale. And I read the description and I feel like just tell me a little bit about like the the description of what what does it entail? I see that yeah. you get credit on the podcast. Yeah, episode, you become a producer of the podcast, which is you, awesome. If you own the NFT, which means you can you can do as much as me and Sam do. You can you can put guests in here. You can yeah. come on if you want. You can come sit down if you want. That's a, okay on the so mic. You, you can actually okay. So you 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 basically kind of you're opening up your contact to this person sure yeah unlockable okay. content all my contact info is in there there's instructions for how to get a hold of me and if you hold the the nft then you are uh you're here you're part okay. of it I like you're that. in you can yeah. do you are a a contributor and uh, a member of of the team of yeah. south of scruffy team that's that's actually yeah that's cool yeah i, I feel like but that's a utility part right yeah so so explain like explain a little bit in layman's terms if you can how these things are are viewed and how to as far as being something tangible mm -hmm. that people will hold and hang on to because like you said a picture of a rock sells for 1.1 million dollars well somebody can take a screenshot of that rock and they've got it yeah. right yeah but why why does being the owner yeah. of that of that rock the certificate of authenticity ultimately uh -huh. the nft mm -hmm. you know why is that important or why are people finding value in that okay i um I, i've been recently doing research on this myself i'm fairly new to the nft space but when i dive down a rabbit hole i I, I get in there you're a sound so, guy and sound guys <laughs> read manuals we and, do read manuals and they learn everything inside and God, out eventually yeah um, so here's what I know that, um, if you do own like a thing, yep, people can copy it. They can send it out. Uh, you know, whatever they, it, it's, uh, duplicatable, uh, just like any other piece of digital, you know, uh, medium, but there's this huge one right now that is apparently called board ape yacht club. Yeah. Board Have you heard of this. Oh yeah. Okay. So Jimmy Fallon just recently bought one of these. And apparently he is going to incorporate this character that this, this like NFT that he bought, he's going to incorporate it into his show and use it as a character because he has the rights to it. Right. He doesn't have to pay anybody else to say he wants to have this as a character on his show. He owns it. So, and also if Coca-Cola wanted to use that for somebody, right. you know, in, in, or uh, anybody wanted to use it for a, uh, you know, commercial on TV, well, they got to talk to you. They got to pay you. Yeah. So yeah, Jimmy Fallon is in much better position to, nobody's going to come knocking on my door and say, Blake, you mind if uh, I use your NFT in our commercial? Yeah. But, um, well, if but they, the fact that Jimmy Fallon bought an NFT also makes it more expensive because <laughs> you know, Jimmy Fallon funny. has owned it now. This is really funny hearing the phrase, Jimmy Fallon bought an NFT. <laughs> it's just really funny. Yeah, but it sounds funny. But that also in itself gives some gives something value. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it's catching on. I mean, like you know, celebrities have been doing stuff for years, and uh, 
causing other people to get into it. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's part of, I feel like crypto was nerdy, but it's getting trendy and NFTs are, was, I don't know, they might've been whatever for a minute, but they're definitely trendy right now. And, you know, famous people, celebrities, whatever, they like trendy stuff. And that a lot of times it's like, you might scoff at something, but then if somebody that you respect, that you look up to, that's, uh, you know, some famous person, whatever is doing it, then all of a sudden it doesn't seem so lame or whatever. And yeah. Um, yeah. Well, one of the ways I've, I've heard it described is like, you can own a postcard of the Mona Lisa. Yeah. You know, you can take a picture of the Mona Lisa. You can take a screen grab of a Google search of the Mona Lisa, but you don't own the Mona Lisa. Yeah. You know, owning the actual thing is... If somebody's shooting a movie, they're going to use the real, like, you know, like, uh, you know, if somebody's uh, shooting a scene, they're going to try to get access to have that scene be in the Louvre uh, with the real Mona Lisa. Yeah. um, Because it's the real thing and uh, it's, you know, it's... That's the cachet It's the real thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of how NFTs have become valuable i think is because they're verified as the one thing mm-hmm. so it's ultimately I, I think kind of a i equate it a little bit to like a certificate of authenticity as well yeah okay so then there's another thing that i uh that i compare it to which is more i think of the art side if you if you split it into like you did art or utility mm-hmm. so uh people play fortnite all day long and pay $10 to get another character skin, mm-hmm. you know, another jacket. I don't know what, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, people play golden tea and they pay real money to get digital assets like, you know, swinging with a baseball bat instead of a golf club. Yeah. And so that is also like a, a little bit of uh, like a, a cachet or like a, a, a FOMO thing. Like my man Blake over here uh, has the, the, the gold skin and that cost you know, a mm-hmm. hundred bucks. He's, he's, you know, he's the guy he's, yeah. he, he's the best one on, on the Fortnite team or whatever it yeah. is, you know? Um, but then there's, but then the utility side, I've seen it used with like, um, I've seen it used where, where people will mint NFTs and then give people access to, um, to like their conferences. Like I'll, I'll do a conference once a year and anybody who owns one of my 10,000 NFTs that I minted uh, gets admission to the conference. Oh, and yeah. if you own this level of NFT, then we have breakfast together before the conference, mm-hmm. you know? And, and if you, if we own, uh, if you own this one NFT, then we go to a Knicks game together once a year, Yeah, you know? So there's that access kind of side of it too. Bridging and, digital with the real world, which yes. is- I think that's the real value. To me, it feels like, all this stuff, yes, it does cost real money, and um, you can lose that. You can make that. The way I look at it is it sort of gamifies it in a more fun way than boring old stocks that also go up and down. And it feels like the world is trying to have a little bit more fun with it. And, I mean, I'm kind of a risk taker. Uh, I always wanted to get into st- Stocks, like when I found out what they were when I was a younger kid, because I want to, you know, like I, I don't want to like you're you're betting on a on a thing whether it's going to go up or down. But that sounds like a, I like that challenge, honestly. And yeah. as a kid, especially like you know, like I don't know, it seems cool to me. But 
then I find out, you know, via my parents or, you know, whoever you, you try to do a thing. It's like, nope, there's kind of a gateway. You have to right. pay a bunch of money to this company to be able to trade back and forth every single time you trade. Mm-hmm. Or um, a lot of like um, scenarios where like when I found out what um, an IPO was, uh, where a thing is getting ready to come out to the public. But first investors that are accredited they get to put their money on it first sure and then everybody else with all this stuff the public it's open to the public the little guy this is the opportunity for me the little guy to play the same game right and make the same kind of uh you know like choices as as the big boys and honestly it's it more fun the way that we're doing it down here. You right. Know? So I, I think gamification is a really good way to describe it, which is also what like Robin hood has done with stocks. Mm-hmm. They've gamified stock trading. Um, and, and I think it's the same with like the open sea marketplace with, with NFTs. They're, they're kind of gamifying this uh, art collecting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all with with cryptocurrency, which is another gatekeeper that people don't know how to get into. Oh yeah, you know, which is which is kind of a, a weird thing. But you got into it pretty early, from what I understand, or somewhat early, not super early, but yeah. you got into it. I would say like early, early two Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, I Where can, are we now? Three I can, I can bra- Yeah, I think we might have hit three point uh, Yeah. In the in the past year or so. Yeah. Uh, I can give you I can give you a breakdown. Um. If, have you ever talked about crypto on here before? No. Okay. I haven't. So like, um, I, you could, you just start talking whenever you need to talk. Yeah. And I will, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the, my, my little story here. You're going to give me the elevator pitch. I'm going to give you the elevator. <laughs> I'm going to give you the, the 74 floor elevator. I love pitch. it. Hit me. Uh, so like, I feel like everybody found out about Bitcoin in like 2017 when it went on its big thing. Yeah. And you know, I feel like a lot of people were like, dang, what, what is this? I wish I would be in on that. You know, what, but nobody knew what it was. Well, a couple months later, it started to die back down. And I was just in a, yeah, I'll tell you, uh, I was at the Knoxville health department, uh, getting tested for STDs. I was going to test for STDs, and I, I say that just because it's the funniest way I could deliver that. Uh, because, yeah, you sh- just a normal checkup kind of scenario. Yeah. So um, I'm in the waiting room, and I, I'm uh, everybody else is you know huffing and puffing and just waiting. And I'm over there learning what Ethereum is. Yeah. For the first time, like which you know, Bitcoin whatever. was. Bitcoin I just remember was that day only- like it was yesterday for some reason because it was such a weird little. Uh, thing but i left there i was like okay i'm gonna go home i'm gonna find this out i'm gonna sign up and and get some yeah so that was on the way down. this was april the 6th in 2018 okay so this was like bitcoin had come back down and i bought some ethereum and in a couple of days boom here it goes i'm like oh my gosh and I get really excited. And within a week, I had made like a thousand dollars. And I'm telling all my friends, how much money had you invested? Mm, I want to say like maybe a thousand dollars. Okay. So like, so you in, doubled your money in a, I in doubled a week. my money a week. Yeah. Okay. And and just to let people know, Ethereum. I mean, people may just know have heard of Bitcoin. Yeah. But Ethereum true. is 
um, the second most popular the second cryptocurrency. Most, yeah, it's pretty much the second most popular cryptocurrency. It but the one of, maybe with the most utility. Yeah, true. It, it basically made all of the stuff that um, crypto is doing right now possible. Bl- bl- uh, Bitcoin is more of a... Um, the way people use gold, they, they it's a commodity. It's a commodity. People store their value in it. Um, I have this much Bitcoin, it just sits there and it's Bitcoin. Yeah. Like I have this much gold, it just sits there and it's gold. Yeah. Ethereum made all these interactions possible where people are building games, people are doing this and that. Like crypto kitties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I actually don't really have much experience in that. I just remember hearing about that and yeah. thinking like, well, what that thing was. Yeah, but that was like when when you when you I remember when that came out, that was kind of the start of the NFT thing or the NFT mindset. It was like these one of a kind things that you spent Ethereum on. Yeah. And then people were trading rare ones for non rare ones like Pokemon kind of, but there was real money attached to them. Yeah. People will trade. I mean, people will, um, they'll trade scarce things for the end of time. They've been doing it forever they right. will do it forever right people like scarce things they exactly. want to own them that's what i was talking about with the skins it's, on it's on a Fortnite. brainstem kind of thing like yeah you know there's like 10 colors of a thing um there's going to be somebody that's like oh i want the yellow one because there's only one of them yeah uh, you know, or whatever you know yeah so yeah yeah um, and 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 just like a sidebar like that's what that's why Bitcoin is more of a commodity because it is scarce. There's only mm-hmm. 21 million of them that'll, million. that'll ever be mined. 18 million of them, I think, have been mined already. Yeah. A bunch of them have been lost and will never be seen again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Ethereum, uh, there is no scarcity, right? Um, see, that I read that like a while back and I was like, wow, I need to check up on that because I actually didn't know that until I read that. So I can't tell you, I can't give you the breakdown. I don't exactly. think there's a cap on but it. I though. think you're right. But there yeah, is yeah. a cap on Bitcoin. 21 million. And yeah. here's the one of the things that sold me right off the bat is like, okay, so like um the the fact that humans, okay, uh a new video game system comes out, they they know they're only getting 10 at the store. There's a big line of people that, you know. So people since the the scarcity aspect of it, there will come a day when the last Bitcoin is mined. Yes. Knowing how humans react the way humans do, I'm just like, dude, the closer it gets to that last Bitcoin mine day, the the, the more, more valuable this is going to go. Yeah. That's the way humans behave. It's yeah. really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I've gone on a ride of you know uh, ups and downs, but what's really cool to me about learning all this, you're not gonna, that, you know, everybody might not end up wanting to to like osmosis the same type of information but interesting stuff to me is like chart patterns and all of this type of stuff that you see to me it's not necessarily it's not really charting the stocks it's charting human behavior agreed and how humans react in certain times and uh, positions of scarcity or uh, times of boom or bust bull market bear market people react I, so I, once I found out about, you know, stock patterns and starting to think like this, uh, I noticed when coronavirus started, um, they're showing the charts and the graphs on the TV and uh, everything, you know, like you can recognize the same types of patterns and how energy kind of behaves through the world. Uh, I don't want to get too off the deep end, but it's just very interesting how 
if something looks like a certain way on a chart and then ends up going way up because it didn't go down to a certain level, blah, 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 that a virus will do the same thing. I mean, it's very interesting. Here's another piece. Of, this is my, this is fresh Blake Cass <laughs> self, uh, you know, this is uh, fresh off the- off The brain the, pan. The Blake brain. <laughs> I also, um, I, I didn't read this any other place, but it's just interesting to me how if you see a, like take like Bitcoin's, chart in 2017 a little bump then goes way up and then look up little bounce and then it comes it down levels off yeah also similar to a human heartbeat really so like i mean just dun 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 you know qrs really? wave that's heady so like it's just interesting to me and like i'm not talking <laughs> about this is a bitcoin thing i'm just talking about like there's other stocks that have very similar things they'll have a little bump then they'll have a huge bump and they'll have aftershock think about earthquakes Huge thing, aftershock. It's just the way that energy works through the world. And I feel like even though I may have been up and down on the Bitcoin uh, crypto train for a, you know, a little wild ride, I feel very, it's like I paid whatever money that uh, disappeared. Um, I, I, it's like I was paying for lessons on how to look at the world in a different way. And I have that knowledge now, and I know I'm I'm better for it. It's yeah. interesting to me. So the 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 heartbeat thing, you think that's like a like a, is that the, the Fibonacci sequence? <laughs> I can't uh, tell you working its way. I can't tell you where it is. I've only gotten to that the starting point of that. That's uh, pretty meta. Yeah, it's I weird. like it. I don't I don't understand it, but I like I it. also I'm like, is there something to that? I, yeah, I, it's interesting to me. It might just be nature. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's uh, yeah, it's odd. All right, let's get to the story where you uh, bought the thousand dollars worth of uh, of okay, Ethereum so, and then it doubled. Uh, so health department, it's going up. Oh man! Like a week later, I'm like telling all my friends, like you got to get in on this. You know, I feel like the smartest person ever. This is great. Yeah. I'm early to this crazy party, and then you know, knowing what I do now, um, you know, if you uh, are looking at these chart patterns, um, there's so much to learn on YouTube and stuff. But, you know, if you look at what's happening every five minutes and don't zoom out to like what is happening happened over every the year. day, you know, yeah. a day at a time, a week at a time, you're going to have a very incorrect perception of mm. what is actually going on. Sure. So I was zoomed in these five minute levels and doing all this typical newbie, uh, you know, stock person yeah. feeling type of stuff, unaware that like all that I was really experiencing was like a bounce after the big yeah, fall. Right. So the aftershock. We're, we're still in a downtrend, but to me, I'm like, woohoo, this is day one for me. And it's just going up. Yeah. Well, after like a week or so, it starts to come back down. I'm like, wow, darn, it's going back down. Maybe I, nah, uh, I'll just keep putting money in. So I keep putting money in. I keep putting money in. And this happens for like two years through Bitcoin's like down and flat phase. Yeah. And eventually, on uh I, I i'll try to fast forward a little bit but basically i'm just like i'm just going to leave it in there because i truly do believe that this will come yeah. back i've always believed and i'll i can break it down for you like why i think it's a a cool thing i've sort of already said part of it which is this gives the average person the ability to invest um the same types of ways that privileged right. uh you know off the you know people with stockbrokers can do yeah exactly yeah. and um i like that and 
so I always felt like, dude, this is going to come back and it's going to so go. So you just left it alone. I left it alone. Okay. And you well, forgot about it. It's like, it's almost like watching your fantasy football lineup on oh, Sunday. Yeah. You'll drive yourself crazy if you sit I, there and try to and it, yeah. second by second, watch it all go up and down. But if you just leave it alone, it's going to be the <laughs> yeah. same on Monday or exactly. whatever. You know, whatever. I, I wish that like I could have forgotten about it more than I did because I was still interested enough in the whole thing, just doing research on different coins. And like I said, patterns and uh, research on stuff coming out soon, whatever. And um, eventually the, um, the old, uh, I'd learned enough to know, okay, this is what I did. This is when I bought, this is when I shouldn't have sold, blah, blah, blah. And finally, I'm just like, I'm, I'm going to leave it alone. Well, then fast forward to like the big COVID day where all the stocks tanked, including Bitcoin, uh, where COVID has now sucked the world dry, the world, uh, <laughs> dry has, has, has officially like popped on everybody's radar and the stocks tanked. And I told my friends at work, I was like, if Bitcoin is still this low, when I'm when I get home, I'm buying a thousand dollars of fresh money. I'm putting my money where my mouth is for you guys because I was trying to get them to you know like yeah. like this. It's very low right now, so when I get home, it's at like it's on the process of crashing again. Yeah, and I bought it at like four thousand dollars. Yeah, like fifteen hundred bucks of it. Yeah, and I was like, dude, I know in my in my guts, I'm like, I finally did the right thing. Yeah. When there's blood in the streets, you know, everybody's running for the hills. It's the time, time to spend to buy. money. Yeah. That seems so obvious, but it's actually so hard to do. Like if there's yeah. a, a line of people waiting for a thing and there's nobody over here, you're more inclined to actually stand in that line. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so I did the right thing. Yeah. Because it's what, $56,000 today or yeah. something? Yeah. And Per Bitcoin? Oh, yeah. yeah. This story ain't even done yet, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Boy, I wish that's where the story ended. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe like a couple weeks a month goes by. It has doubled. I know I did the right thing. I know what capitulation is at this point and how it rebounded off of that. And I'm just like... What's capitulation? That's basically when... The world is, you know, everybody basically kind of says, oh my God, it's over. Yeah. And everybody sells at the same yeah. time and it just goes so far down. And at the same time, there's the smart money looking at it being like, oh my God, all of the big, I can buy so much of it right now. Yeah. And yeah. it bounces way back up and little does everybody know that's the lowest, that's its lowest point. And now that you've sort of cleansed all of the weak hands out of it, now it's going to gradually trickle up from that. Sure. So I bought at that point and I was very happy and I felt finally like I had made a, a good decision. Like through this whole time period, it was weighing on me. Like I had um, at this point, uh, like not a ton of money, but like eight to $10,000 invested in this that had gone down to like $800. Right. And I was just like, man, I know this is coming back, but I'm getting like, it. it I want to win. I, yeah. I want a a win, you know? Yeah. It'd be nice to have a win here. And so I felt good about that. Well, it like either doubled or tripled after that point. I was like, man, this is so great. It's going to feel so good. I think I can make it back to where I started. And at that point, I will have been on this crazy ride and I will know how to use that better from now on and i still plan to keep it invested well i'm like you know what i need to do i need to get this off of my computer i need to put it in a like hardware wallet or store it in a better place yeah 
In the process of doing that, download this program, blah, blah, blah. Go into Coinbase, which is the website that you use to log on to buy crypto. And you have a, you know, an account there. Use your password, sign in, hit the button, pops up. Enter your password again. I'd never seen that screen before, but I was like, enter my password again, whatever. Sign in. Little chart thing showing like your account. And I watch it go boop. Straight down? Zero. All of my money gone from that Coinbase account. From that wallet. Instantly. Because I had downloaded, I felt like I was safe. And this is one part where I want, I feel like I can do some good by uh, letting everybody know. If you are logging into Coinbase, in my personal experience, it will only ask you once for your password. Well, what happened? So I downloaded in the process of downloading whatever program, trying to get it like off of my computer. You know, the Google 2FA password thing? Two-factor authentication, yeah. I was trying to like figure out a way to get it like off of my phone onto, you know, I was trying to figure out how to like undo that so that I could kind of pull stuff and put it all in one space. So you were trying to safeguard your money or trying, trying to, to safeguard it, it. move it all to one place. And, and in, in the, the process, process, downloaded some malware basically. And somebody stole all your crypto. And so even though I thought I was safe because I'm using Coinbase, uh, it was, you know, I, I was like, okay. Oh no. It took me like 15 minutes to come to the reality of like this appears to actually be gone like it logged out logged back in i was like this can't happen i'm on coinbase this is, seems like very safe you know I, your money's insured blah 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 well yeah maybe but it was me who downloaded the the, the bad but, program which so it was which, my fault which was know? a trojan horse to look like to made to look like coinbase yep made to say hey we're coinbase re-enter your password and so you entered your password twice you gave these people your password and they Mm -hmm. wiped out your crypto wallet immediately yeah and so i'm so sorry yeah it was crushing i felt like so like so ten eight ten thousand dollars of investment yeah um gone gone well so that was fifteen hundred that i put that eventually would have turned into fifteen thousand or so now okay luckily i still had my original amount that was on a different exchange that was still there, but that had, that was at 800 bucks. Yeah. So I was, my, my good, finally wise decision had been stolen out from under me on this thing where it was finally going up and I knew it was gonna go up and break all time highs and it hadn't made it there yet. But I had told so many people, I dressed up as Bitcoin for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> in, two, in 2018 uh, with my girlfriend I, I, I don't I'm ama- it's amazing that she agreed to to do that with me um, but uh, I thought I could get a little picture of it but maybe not um, so uh, you know I had told so many people about this tried to get them in because I, I felt like it was a thing that like if we can all just be patient which is the hardest part you are your own worst enemy when you're trying to invest in, in stuff You'll sell before it's too, too, you know, sell too soon. You'll, you'll uh, buy at times when it looks like it's going sky high, but it's just a fake out, whatever. So, but, but let me get this straight. Yeah. Like you had fifth at the current time, $15,000 worth of Bitcoin that mm-hmm. malware had stolen from you because you, you were trying to safeguard your money at the time and yeah. you, you got tricked yeah. into doing it. But you had another wallet somewhere. Another wallet somewhere. That so had I was like, $800 in it. $800. Okay. 
So of Bitcoin, of uh, a coin called V Chain. I had maybe some Bitcoin. I had like honestly, I probably had like four or five coins uh, scattered around, which In that actually wallet. turned out to be a, a good idea because if one goes away, you know, you still have the others. Mm. So I'm like, well, you know, if it truly does what I think it will do, then this will pan out good, but I, I've got a long way to go here. And six months later, I'm like, okay, 1,200, you know, 2,400. Oh, wow, okay. So you've tripled your uh, money at this point. Here we go. And yeah. whatever that timeline is, I don't know. But as of like uh, sometime like a couple of months ago, I have made it back. I'm finally like I have erased all of that, and I'm Good. I'm back to um, being uh, ahead, which Good. is unreal. And yeah, it's after uh, a terrible. It was a long ride, but I learned a whole lot in the process. Man, what about? So I ran into Josh Manis the other night, mm -hmm. and um, he was like, "Dude, I saw the NFT thing." He was like, "You think people know what that is?" And I was like. I don't know, man. Doesn't seem like it. Yeah. And then um, he was like, man, my buddy, Blake Cass. I was like, let me stop you right there, man. I love me <laughs> some Blake Cass. He was like, you know, Blake? Said, yeah. He goes, you got to ask him about the digital world oh that he's God. invested in. And like, I'm not so sure I understand the, the way that he and I were talking about it a little bit, but yeah. like, what, what's, what's the, how did how did this happen? And maybe I'm jumping so, ahead in your story or whatever, but it sounds like you've taken it a step further from just like using cryptocurrencies like a, uh, a as a stock market and trading it. And then you're actually like buying, you know, I'll use air quotes, tangible yeah. things, which are, are they NFTs? Well, oh. okay. So like, it's funny because like, who's, who knows, two years ago. So during the course of me being down on everything, uh, one night there's this, you know, crypto oriented kind of uh, world called the sandbox. And um, they're just starting out and they're, they've got their land, digital land for sale where we want to build this into like a big open world kind of blah, blah, blah. And um, so they have a map and all that. Yeah. It's like a map and uh, it's like a video game or is it? Yeah. Like, like a, it looks like a, a video game. They had just like, you know, videos of what they hoped it would turn into not playable or anything yet, but it was like, buy some land here and um i was some like digital okay. land on like a virtual marketplace yeah um and i was like you know i don't know what exactly this is going to turn into but i know people love minecraft people um i i personally think that video games i mean they're just the future like it's just going to get more video gamey as it goes and hopefully for the better um i just feel like it's, uh, you know, like Rockstar Games, uh, they made more money than movie uh, companies like in the last right. several years. Yeah, the game studio, Rockstar. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so like, I was just like, I can see people wanting to get into this. I don't know if I would, but like, I I feel like part of the fun for, for crypto, for stock, whatever, is, you know, like- Spending it? <laughs> being able yeah. to use it for well, something well, other no, than just collecting it? Part of the fun is like, is like guessing, um, not guessing, but like speculating, um, speculating. I'm trying to think of is like, you know, like if you're a producer, uh, you want good bands under on your record label. Right. And for me, if I was like a producer, part of the fun would be going out and finding 
bands that I personally think, dude, nobody sees this, but like I see what this band could be. Is that A and R with a uh, who? Is that A and R? Is that what the the label? Oh, calls I don't it? know. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I thought you said G and R at first. Yeah. I was like, yep, yeah, uh, love the them too. Yeah. <laughs> but, but so like, you're trying to find something. So low. I was just like, yeah, this is like something I could see people getting into. Sandbox, sandbox. Yeah. So um, I was like, yeah, sure, because it was you know a couple hundred bucks, and I'll, I'll do it, and earlier this year that blew up and i was like oh my goodness um i was able had to, you forgotten about so, it i'd literally forgotten about it so really? my brother and so another tip blake brain tip uh number three whatever forget about make a wise decision do your research make a wise decision and then leave it alone yeah <laughs> you know because like, left to your own devices you'll mess it up yeah i mean yeah. i bought and sold and as is i'm sure have many many people but like bought and sold so many um coins that have gone sky high but like you know you just oh this isn't doing much i'm going to do something else i'm going to sell this i'm going to get this thing over here because it's super unknown but if i would have just done a good amount of solid research for a couple of days bought the you know the front page coins more or less then oh gosh i'd be uh talking to you on a in a uh you'd be coming to my house uh, yeah in, in uh <laughs> right so you so you bought this you bought this sandbox in Spain. stuff yeah. <laughs> on your helicopter yeah from your yacht mm -hmm. so you bought this this sandbox piece of property on yeah, sandbox so it's like digital land um the I can't tell you a whole thing about a, a huge uh, thing about it because it has just become the demo has just become playable okay so it is so like, it was like a long process of them building this world and whatever so there is utility there it's like a vr and ar world so like here's the the basic uh, breakdown um they got sponsors from like i saw atari was in and i was like okay if atari's in on this you know early on in the crypto world it was like proud to uh you know proud to onboard our new sponsor uh somebody uh, you've never heard tech of tech light technologies yeah. and you're just like okay great uh who cares about that but i was like okay atari that i know that um from and 1988 you yeah know that. yeah i'm like hey uh known video game company um you know even if it's old i'm like that sounds like a good idea so over time more and more companies have entered this you know little uh sandbox sandbox <laughs> as well as snoop dog recently which is just crazy uh to say you know snoop dog has entered uh the digital metaverse so why did he do that well, what is what utility does he see so like the way that it's all gonna br break down in in my uh head I, I feel like um you know if snoop dog has a party at his house and all of these characters are hanging out around his house if you own property close to there well if you want to like sell hats in mm. the real world you can put an ad that you have these hats for sale so like the same way that you see and scroll across stuff on instagram that will all be gamified in this virtual world and now you can you know have someone pass by your property on the way to Snoop Dogg's, Dogg's house, house. <laughs> on the way to Atari's sit scenario that they have set up on the there's Adidas just jumped in. So like, just like real life, if you have property that's, you know, close to other big names, your it's property worth something. is going to go up in value. Right. 
And I had that property. And I was like, oh gosh, this is just crazy. Like, I'm so glad that I'm finally back to where I started. And like, you mean with I, it, with you, you're finally glad you're back with your Bitcoin uh, purchases and all your crypto. My purchases? finances have returned and yeah. I'm ready to, uh, to use my smart, uh, to I'm ready to try and be smart money this time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And you've, and you've bought this land on sandbox. Yeah. Well, okay. I've sold it. I sold it like as it was becoming more popular. Okay. But at this point in the story, mm-hmm. you've, you know, you've uh, bought, yeah. you've bought this land. Oh, okay. Back. Yeah. And I forgot about it. Time goes by and, um, you know, I was talking to my brother the other day and he was talking about something that he bought that w- had done well. And I was like, man, this is so great to hear because it's just good to hear somebody that's uh, that's winning, you know. Yeah. And then I was like, wait a minute, I got that sandbox game property thing. Um, let me go check that out. And then I was like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. Like, I mean, like I didn't sell at the peak of everything. I sold kind of like on the way up. But like, as of now, these these places. I mean, this is crazy. What did you buy? You bought how many pieces of property? I bought one piece of property on the map that's like uh you know it's like you see these little squares and you uh-huh. like you're so you bought a out plot a, of land a plot of land you can do with that whatever you want um there's ways to build out stuff and you can build out stuff. a store to sell your stuff you, you can, can build out a store to sell your stuff gotcha yeah. or you could build out and- you could you could build out um you know um like you could make a bunch of art and post it around on your property so people can buy that um, as NFTs or whatever. Gotcha. Um, I don't know the full breakdown. I don't think anybody knows the full breakdown yet, which mm-hmm. is why part of the reason I sold, because just like, you know, I don't know that I've seen, I've been around in this crypto world long enough to hype a lot of times the hype of something that's as high as it's going to get. Yeah. Uh, I think that this will eventually become a huge thing. But like, if somebody wants to uh, give me a bunch of money for digital land yeah. that I have no use for currently, yeah. that's going to make my life better, I'm willing to take that at this point rather than rub my little grubby, greedy hands <laughs> together and, and see, wait, wait for what, you know, right. it's like, I, I need to get back to the normal, you know? So when you bought this digital land on Sandbox, did you just forget about it for a minute? Mm-hmm. And then when you logged back in, what happened? Um, I logged back in, I went to uh, my account there and that's when I found out what OpenSea was, which yeah. OpenSea is basically the eBay, you know, uh, for NFTs. Yeah. It's an NFT marketplace and it's the the most popular one. Yeah. There's a couple more, but OpenSea is where all the all the big art yeah. is hanging out. And um the sandbox account is also connected with OpenSea. Okay. So I pulled up that and it sort of pulled it up within OpenSea. Yeah. And I saw bids that I had received on my property over time because it's just sitting there with uh you hadn't checked on it in two years hadn't checked on it in two years and or you come back and you've got a bunch of bids for this piece of digital land. yeah i'm like what th- two three thousand bucks for this thing that like is you spent two hundred dollars yeah on? and i'm like this feels fake you know like i'm like i'm not gonna get me twice i'm <laughs> gonna yeah i'm gonna do a day's worth of research um before i click accept offer because i i for all i know this is like uh, some sort of scam or something, you know? And it's funny because this is what I've been waiting on the whole time of like crypto to go up so much and it finally does. And I'm like, 
no, that's not real. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, what, why did it go up so much? Um, well, so Facebook, um, I forget what day it was. I think it was in October. They, you know, changed their name to Meta. Yeah. Ch- changed their name to Meta. Really going in hard on like the fact that this metaverse and uh, that sounds like such a freaking sci-fi term. It's ridiculous. I feel silly saying it, but yeah. that's what, the, you know, that's what they're calling it. And they want to go hard into that. And which um, is AR or like these virtual worlds. Right? Exactly. And these treating, know, treating virtual ro- worlds like they are real places. Um, so in crypto, you know, like Facebook is Facebook. It's huge. But what they are wanting, crypto has already been building for two years. So uh, there's multiple things besides the sandbox. There's actually a ton of them that you just read. You can read through names and names. Everybody's starting their own virtual world now, just like anything else. Everybody wants right. to be the winner and um, race to you know get their product out there. And when Facebook announced that, all of the virtual world stuff in the crypto world just started going up. You right. Know? And over time, it's like just more and more. And right now, I feel like it's kind of at its it hit its peak a couple of days ago. So you're so you, why did your property go up though? Just because of the announcement that yeah, that- that's what the catalyst that started. It was basically like, oh wow, Facebook said this. That means the. the the world has decided to get serious about this uh, because you know Facebook. Facebook is such a big, a big name. Yeah, to, and to so Atari, Snoop Dogg, and Facebook are bought into this virtual world. Oh yeah, well, uh, Facebook doesn't actually own property in the sandbox, but like the concept of it. But Snoop Dogg, uh, Atari, Adidas, many other people, I think um, that you heard of, uh, they own property in this sandbox world. I'm, so it's close to you. So you own a piece of virtual property next door to next door to Snoop. <laughs> yeah. And so it's valuable. Yeah. So it's valuable. I mean, any of the land has gone up over time, um, depending on how close you are to certain places, it, it may be more or less, but like, um, it's just really, it's, it's, so the little kid part of me is like, gosh, this is super interesting. And then the like four, almost 40 year old part of me is like, God, this is stupid. Yeah. But like, like at the end of the day, it's real buddy. It's, happening and it's real money and that will help me um more than less money sure so i'm like man um i will take this and i i'm very thankful and fortunate to like have gone on this freaking down and then back to the the, top of the heartbeat back to the top again yeah i mean i feel like i've um i feel like i have like truly uh not, uh, I've like, um, I want to say earned my, uh, keep or, you know, whatever, but I've got, uh, I've, I finally got my, um, what's the, you know, your stripes, you, you, you've, you've paid your dues. I paid my dues. That's yeah. the phrase. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so did, did you get rid of this, of this property? Not to get into your finances, but did you get rid of your property? Oh yeah. I mean, okay. I you know, I was like, like I said, I've seen stuff go up and it seems like, oh my gosh, if it's up this high, what's it going to be at tomorrow? And then you wake up and it's like, oh no. And yeah. it doesn't get back to that place or it, it takes forever. And you're just like, why didn't I just take. The freaking money, like yeah. a normal human. But you sold it at, at you sold it when the hype was big, right after right after Meta was announced and all yeah. that. Everybody yeah. was bought in. 
And so do you think there's invariably going to be some FOMO when it's worth 10 times what you paid for it here soon? Or oh, can you say, can you, can I'm you... sure there will be like, uh, I, I think this is just beginning. Yeah. But like, but it was, it I was too a, good of an offer in, to... in my head at this point. I'm like, you know, I've, I've been like the earlier version of me was like, Oh, how high can it go? But like, take your wins when you get them and yeah. move on, you know, yeah. like, um, otherwise, you know, like, I feel like that's like one of those life lesson kind of things that I, yeah. it's just like, if you're having a good day, don't think of how much better it can be. Just be happy with that good yeah. day and like be thankful, you know? Yeah. Okay. So I think we're back to like the, the art or utility part of this virtual world that we're talking about being built. And then do you think we could explain a little bit of like the, I don't want to get too deep into like how the blockchain works and all that. Let me give you, okay. I've been thinking about this for a minute because I look up, I'm the long story short is I can, I think actually give you a description of blockchain that everyone can understand. When I was first getting into this, I was watching YouTube videos and everything was just like talking about layer layers and layer two and, um, you know, uh, signing these uh, certificates and blah, blah, blah. Um, it was just like, where's the the me version of, yeah. of somebody explaining this? All right, this? give me the me version of it. Okay, so if, um, if you got a classroom of kids um, and say like, they're they're grading papers. Teacher wants to grade some papers. Okay. So she lets the uh, the kids grade some papers. Um, they finish grading the paper. They sign it, and they stick it on the wall so everybody can see it. Okay. And after they do that, they get some candy. Yeah. Teacher gives them some candy. Yeah. Okay. Well, that is sort of how blockchain works. It's not exactly, but like, instead of the teacher, uh, that would be like the sort of normal way, but like blockchain, it's like, instead of the teacher giving you the candy, it's like the candy just appears in your pocket. So you do some work. That's your payment for doing the work. That's your payment for doing the work. And that's cryptocurrency. And that is crypto. So like, and the reason you put the paper on the wall and you sign it, put the paper on the wall. It's so everyone, you don't give it back to the teacher. Right. If you gave it back to the teacher, that's the way that the world used to work before crypto with banks. That teacher is now, you know, like if that's if that's a dishonest teacher, the grades can be changed. Uh, if it's on the wall for everyone to see, you can check who signed it. You can check what grade they've got. Everybody in that classroom can see what everybody's grade is at this. And, and it, since it's digital, you know, going back to the blockchain thing, it's just a big list. So you can actually go to a website. You can see every transaction that's ever taken place on the Bitcoin blockchain, on the Ethereum blockchain, whatever. And it's just honest. It's super honest. And that's like, but, I kind of wanted to start like with that because it's uh, it's the beginning. It's kind of what got me into it. Yeah. But um, it's like, uh, it just is like, a computer, it doesn't care. It doesn't have emotions. It's not like, well, you're my favorite, so I'm going to treat you better. It just says, yes, transaction. That transaction happened. And, and here it is on the wall. Yeah. And everybody keeps the wall, right? Yeah. Um, so like uh, the, yeah, I mean, the you know, it just stays. Like the papers just get more on the wall. On yeah. the wall and, and it's, uh, you know, over time, like you can look back and and if everybody, you know, if, if there was someone who, 
gave an incorrect grade, that's visible. And you can be like, hey, something's wrong here. Um, get this guy out of here, uh, you know. But um, yeah, so like, you know, Bitcoin's the candy that they get. And then if they want, they can take that candy and they can sell that to their friends who, you know, maybe want, want that candy, candy more than their money. Yeah. And um, that's sort of like, that's like the very simple, that's the version of block, how blockchain works that I wish I would have heard uh, from somebody else when I first started getting into yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's and, and another way to think about it is it's like a Google sheet that everybody holds the keys to and you can't make a change on it with without uh, that's not verified. Yeah. Any kind of change is there forever. It's it's concrete. It's all behind concrete and it's all there. But everybody holds everybody holds the whole wall it's, themselves. It's just so fair. And yeah. like so like the way an, an analogy for it is like and, you know, when when something uh that different comes along, you're going to upset certain people who have their jobs, their lives rooted in the previous way of doing stuff. So let's talk, let's say taxis and Ubers. Taxi drivers were not happy when Uber came out, but it's so useful that people just use it. And blockchain right now, it's not there yet. Like you can't click a button and do a thing. It's still kind of complicated. Sure. But so was email a long time ago. And now you do just click a button. So yeah. they'll get there, which is the another reason why I know like that I, I had the confidence to leave my money in because to me, it felt like a technology that will catch on because it's just a good idea. And so it's only a matter of time before it goes back up again. And so I was like, I'm just going to leave that there. You yeah. Know? All right. So give me some, give me some, uh, give me some pointers on the South of Scruffy, the SOS 100 NFT, because people don't really understand it. They don't really know what it is and what it means. I do as much as I think I do. Yeah. I think I understand it. Um, but the reason I created the NFT was to a be commemorative I wanted it to be a one of one thing that somebody could have uh -huh. and have and and collect it. And it's scarce. Yeah. It's one thing. It's always going to be theirs. And if the podcast does, you know, well and keeps going as well as it is, then they're always going to be the person that owns that one commemorative token. Yeah. But there is also some utility to it. Right. And yeah. we talked a little bit about about it. The the utility for me is that person becomes a, a part of the team. They're a part of the they're a part of the show. They, they can, have literally, you said your contact information, yeah, right? Un, unfettered access. Yeah. You know, they, and, and they're going to be weighed as much as, um, you know, as much as my ideas or Sam's ideas for getting guests on the show or, or see that to me, when I read the description, I was like, you didn't get that. When you I, read yeah. It. I, I was like unfettered access. That's like, that, that's cool. But like, now that I know what that entails, I'm like, well, that's cool. Like that opens up, uh, you know, that's just value. Yeah. You know, it, it adds value. And I do like the fact that like people, you know, a rock sold for a million dollars picture or whatever. But I feel like people are, you know, getting around now to the point where they're like, I, I think there's other people that are providing value. So therefore the old way of doing stuff, they're going to have to start providing value too. And unfortunately for you, you are probably ahead of the the times a little bit. And so a lot of people don't know what NFTs are. They don't know what cryptocurrency is. The thing that 
was a good sign to me was on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, I was over there washing dishes and I heard one of the hosts mention NFTs. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. We're, to me, I feel like the pot is about to tip and there's about to be a bunch of stuff spill all over everybody. Yeah. And, you know. Well, I mean, I think when they change, when crypto.com gets the naming rights to the Staples Center now. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good sign yeah. for this sandbox, not to you know, use that term too much, but yeah. into the world that I want to play in, mm -hmm. you know, and, or the world that we're playing in, because I think it's the, I think it's the thing that's, that's going to be valuable. If you had any, uh, if you had any pointers, uh, uh, with the SOS 100 NFT, what would you, what would you say do with it? So like, um, I feel like a, you just unlocked the value of it for me. Like I saw, you know, like, it's been sitting there. I, I personally, based on other NFTs, you know, it's at zero point one or two. Yeah, it's Ethereum. point point one Ethereum, which is about four hundred and thirty bucks right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, there's other NFTs that are two hundred thousand dollars. That you know, yeah, they provide the value that they provide as well, whatever. But like, you know, comparatively, that's absolutely competitively priced for a thing that like is you know if you appreciate this uh podcast regular listener and uh i don't know like i think if i had my my podcast that i've listened to over the years and i felt like man i just i feel like i would love to just sit down and talk to these guys uh i feel like i could just want to you know i feel like i can talk to them um maybe you know i'd, I'd throw down on uh, nft where i actually get to talk to them and yeah. participate in stuff well, that was my thinking. And, you know, maybe I, th I think the value is not there because people don't uh, don't fully understand it yet. But I think I think it's in the right place. Yeah. And uh, I th yeah, I mean, I know you and I know your heart and, and I know your heart's in the right place. It's just the information. There's a lot of people out there that they don't know what they are. They don't know what they mean. Um Nobody, you know, $400, that is, that's a lot of money for certain people, not as much for others, but like still, um, it, if people understand what it is and what the actual value is, then you'll have bids on there. Uh, you'll have bids pop up. And, uh, I just think that like unlocking what it actually is and what it means yeah. is unfortunately it's not we're not there yet with yeah. general society. They don't quite, uh, you know, nobody, everybody on the street, they're still talking about Instagram and Facebook. They're not on NFTs and cryptocurrency quite yeah. yet. Gotcha. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, um, I, 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 I love, I love what you're doing and um, I think it's a great idea. I've thought about minting. That's what it's called when you create an NFT, you mint an NFT thought about doing it myself because I like this world. I like the, the fun aspect of it and it's causing people are figuring out ways to make it fun. I'm, I'm actually not a big Instagram, Facebook user. Uh, but for some reason, the crypto wise, it, it, it's, that's kind of taken hold, uh, for me. And I like the way that, um, the kind of avenues that, uh, people are opening up with that. And yeah. it makes it, I don't know, it's, I, here's another thing too for me, and I've realized this as an audio guy, money transactions simplify things. They make things real. If somebody's like, hey, I'd like to record an album with you, 
maybe I can just go over to your house sometime and, uh, you know, mess around, whatever. You're probably not going to get a lot done. Right. But if they show up and you say, yeah, sure, um, you know, that'll be, uh, you know, give me a couple hundred bucks. Well, they're going to, that's going to make them, you know, bring their A game and, and be yeah. serious. And they're going to feel like they, they purchased something of value instead of just the time we hung out and messed around for a while and didn't actually accomplish much. You know? It's stakes. You might drink a lot of beers, but, yeah. uh, you know, whatever. It's stakes. When people have skin in the game, when people have something at stake, then it becomes a real thing. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. And you're not just going to put your unfettered access uh, contact info out for <laughs> just anybody. It's like, uh, hey, uh, yeah, give me a, uh, you know, a little piece of, uh, chunk of change here and like let's make a transaction and now like that makes that special yeah i'm also looking forward to like having existing in that space and having like having somebody else kind of come in and 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 be like almost the the listener's point of view because i'm missing that like i have my wife that i'm like hey how'd the you know how'd you like the last podcast and yeah she's like oh i turned it off after 10 minutes i'm like oh, okay well i need to get back and like figure out why you turned it off <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know but to have somebody uh else who is like the uh the real people out in the world who are also in here helping us like that was also kind of a value a value add you know for me mm -hmm. too to do it i think it's important for for this show too i think it'll make the show better yeah and and you know maybe maybe somebody gets into it and does it and 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 joins us and then they realize that it's become more you know they they want to cash out yeah you know and and, and you know, maybe, somebody else makes them an offer on it it's interesting how stuff works sometimes too like say you put out another nft uh in another year you know or whatever um now the person who bought the first one can be like, I've got the first one, you yeah. know? And there's some, there's value there too. Cause it's like, yeah. Oh, that's the first one he ever put out. And I've got that one just like they want the first, uh, you know, Superman Michael Jordan rookie or, card, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, stuff, it grows in value over time. And a lot of times it takes three or four of a thing before people catch on to what they've been doing all along and it makes them want to go back and, you know, uh, do some uh, backwards uh, investigating and uh, homework. And, you know, if they, they find, oh, there's, oh, cool, fourth NFT, I got that. I wonder who owns the first one. And now maybe, you know, they try to buy that for, yeah. uh, you know, maybe you could make it have different access, uh, you know, different perks for each yeah. one or something like that. Well, it's a, it's a thing that we're just, you know, trying out. We're, we're doing it to be forward thinking. We're doing it because we want to make the show better. But, you know, we also want to play in the space. Yeah. We want to play in the space where everybody else is going to be playing soon or already is playing, you know. Yeah. But then there's that that thought that, you know, um, some people just think that uh, it's beanie babies or, uh, or, or uh, NFTs or beanie babies for nerds, oh, you know, yeah. that that are just going to lose lose all their value. And uh -huh. Jimmy Fallon's Bored Ape Yacht Club. <laughs> Yep. You know, or CryptoPunks or whatever is going to be, you know, going to be useless one day. But you, you have to think that unless something crazy happens, all of this money has been traded, has traded hands in these marketplaces to where people aren't just going to let it die, let yeah. it go away. Like it's oh. always going to hold value to the people that are in the game. Yeah. And like I said, like I heard it, you know, they're talking about it on uh, Macy's. Thanksgiving Day Parade, uh, you know, the talk show hosts that 
um, you know, it's it's here. It to me, that's that's the sign that like it's here to stay. Yeah. So they were once doing that about Instagram and Facebook, and I'm sure there was times where like, yeah, Facebook, yeah, you've got one of those, don't you, Dave? Uh, yeah, tell us about that. Ha ha ha. And then what do you know? A month from now, they're signing off, and they're like. And make sure and like us on Facebook. And yeah. it's like, now they're in the game. And yeah. once that starts to happen, it is here to stay. Yeah. And, and I think it's yeah. I think it's coming. I think you've got people out there who are leveraging the utility part of it. There's still the, the collectible art, mm-hmm. you know. Well, here's an idea. Maybe for the next one that you do, have a local artist design it. So now you've got yep. the art and the, the utility, you know, yep. whatever. Like there's so many different directions you can yeah. take it. Well, it's happening and we're all we're all here watching it. So I got to tell you like this, the the coolest, like basically it's funny. I was on this website and I told my friends about the other. It was like this, this is my favorite website. I'm going to show you guys my favorite website. They're like, Show us your favorite website. Like nobody <laughs> said that in a long, long time. Yeah. And uh it's called poolsuite.net. Uh pool P O O L P O L Like we have a suite by the pool and okay. you know, like S U I T E. Poolsuite.net. And it's basically like a curated like couple of radio stations in this world. You gotta check it out. It's like this world that this style that this guy has created it is like directly downloaded from my brain like i could not make a better website what is it it's like all like 80s business casual leisure lifestyle oriented like when you load up the page it starts to load up like uh you know when people used to like draw pictures with uh like hyphens and oh, plus yeah, yeah, signs yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like that. And then it loads up. It's like, uh, uh, you know, it's like pool suite, like the old windows, uh, login or whatever. And it looks yeah. like old Mac or an old windows, like PC. Yeah. And, um, you can choose between radio stations. You can load up, uh, click on this icon. It's like pool suite TV. And it's like old VHS looking like, or eighties commercials, of and all you, of this footage and, and you watch them you watch them you put you, it on the we put it on the background where we're just hanging out and it's all it's great great music i'm telling you like i really uh, i haven't heard any of this music before i think it's like soundcloud music and youtube music so it's like people that just send in their own stuff and maybe stuff that he finds that he can use royalty free yeah and footage i guess the same way and he just pairs those together and it's just like such a fun little thing to have on in the background well, what do you know? He has an NFT as well that is executive club card membership, whatever. Like if you go on the website, it just, it all makes sense. They sell their own sunscreen. Uh, it's it's like excessively good sunscreen. And it's funny. It sounds like I'm like freaking tied in with this guy. But seriously, whenever I, if you know me, when I like a thing, I just, I love telling people about it. And it's just like, it's, such a cool thing i'm basically just glad that this guy exists and is doing such a specific little thing over here off in the corner you know and um like i mean his nft i don't have the it's too much for me how much is it to buy it is like currently like one ethereum yeah for just one yeah and but he it sounds like he has very cool stuff planned for the future of like maybe um 
actual access to a real place that you can go and vacation at with really? this, you know, and yeah. like, sounds like he has amazing stuff. And I'm just like, gosh, like, oh man, if I could like make a little more, <laughs> maybe I could uh, get in on that uh, train somehow. But like for anybody that could, I feel like, God, that'd be a, such a cool thing to own. Yeah. But God, I mean, uh, that's one Ethereum, that's 4,000 bucks. So 0.1 Ethereum, that's not uh, much, at all compared to that. Yeah, well, well, I'm, 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 I'm hoping some people uh, li listen and and see a little bit of value. There's another um, one that I found out about the other day that is here's just a cool idea that somebody is writing a book and if you own one of their NFTs, you have access to help them write the book, and then when it's finished, you get a hard copy of the book for only shipping costs. Yeah. So there you go. Very cool idea as well. Yeah. So there's like, I've and literally just in the past week have like really dove in and realized like um, how interactive type of stuff it looks like is kind of on the horizon. Yeah. And it, it just feels like, man, this this could turn into some kind of cool shit. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Dude, what'd we miss? Oh, man. Um, let's see. I don't think, um, I mean, I think... Uh, that's pretty much like I gave you the ride, the rundown, uh, stuff I've learned. Uh, it's How'd the truly... trip to the health department go? Were you clean? <laughs> I was clean. Good man. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's I was funny on the edge of my seat over that's here. such a funny, weird <laughs> memory to me. And it's like the day I got into crypto. Uh, and it, it's just funny. Like, that's why I remember it so much because I was in the health department learning about it on my phone. <laughs> and uh, like I said, ordinary, normal checkup, like you're supposed to go have every once in a while. Uh, but I just was like, yeah, this is going to be funny to say out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. I'm glad we got to hang out too. I'm glad you, uh, I'm glad you came by and we got to chat. Me too. I, I, I mean, like, gosh, I could tell, I, I feel like whenever I first got into crypto, I talked my friend's heads off about it. Well, people, people think that crypto, uh, people on the outside uh, look at crypto like it's a, uh, like it's a uh, um, people who trade crypto. It's like a, a, a pyramid scheme. Like everybody's trying to get their oh, friends yeah. into it. Everybody's trying to get their buddies sure. on board. I mean, and I understand the skepticism. I understand the unwillingness to accept that maybe this is the the um, the future kind of way of doing stuff. If you are a normal like broker for old older types of stocks and stuff, you're working for like a hedge fund or something and you've made your living and it's maybe been successful doing that this is the enemy to you so yeah. like, i completely understand that and skepticism I, I don't really have an answer for that but i do understand it but this is the uber to the the taxi yeah you know it is unfortunately dude i, got, I gotta tell you a, a good um i gotta tell you a good Bitcoin story, good okay. crypto story. I had a buddy that came to visit. He's actually been a guest on this show before. I don't want to say who it is because I don't want to, uh, it, it, you know, I don't want to uh, talk about his finances because yeah. it's a really good story. But he came, I think it was 2013, 2014. Yeah. Bitcoin was on the horizon. Yeah. It was, it was new. It was, yeah. it was pretty new, but it was starting to go up. And I think, you know, Bitcoin was hovering around about a hundred dollars a Bitcoin. Yeah. And he, came and visited we were talking about it and and he had you know a thousand bucks laying around he could play with he bought a thousand dollars worth of bitcoin about 10 bitcoins oh gosh okay yeah and 
I checked up on him about six months ago. <laughs> yeah. I was like, hey, man, remember that Bitcoin we were talking about a few <laughs> years back? Like, how did that all play out? He's like, I'm and, in the Bahamas uh, on my island. He, he said, well, I sold half of it. Yeah. Remember, he spent a thousand bucks on 10 of them. He sold yeah. half of it. He sold five Bitcoins uh, for $75,000 oh. in like 2018, I think. Wait, not 75,000, 7,500. $75,000. Uh, so it would have been no, later it, than that? It hasn't hit 75,000 yet. He sold five of them. Oh, he had total. He had five of Got them. Got it. He Got sold it. five of them. So they were they were somewhere around, you know, fifteen, yeah. sixteen, seventeen thousand dollars a piece. Yeah, sold five of them for for seventy five thousand dollars. Yeah, uh, and then he said, "I've still got the other five, and I'm on a letter ride." So he's got he's got five bitcoins right now worth fifty six thousand dollars a piece. Oh, gosh, it's amazing. Off of a thousand dollar yeah investment. I mean, and it, I think back to where like I've always been nerdy. I love video games. Um, I love older video games, uh, especially, but, um, and just, it would have appealed so much to me if I would have just found out about it sooner. I just didn't like, yeah. I just, it was off of the radar. Yeah. But. I love the memes that are people's Twitter things that are like, Oh, Bitcoin's down to $150 a piece. Now glad I didn't get in on that craze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh man. <laughs> I know. And there's, yeah, of course, the guy it's from who, five years ago, <laughs> yeah, like there's some day that they call like Bitcoin pizza day or something, because it was the first day that a transaction was ever made to purchase actual thing yeah. with Bitcoin. The guy paid 20 Bitcoin for a pizza yeah. or something, <laughs> which yeah. is worth millions of dollars now. Yeah. We, yeah. It's, yeah. It's worth a million dollars right now. <laughs> yeah. Hate to see it, <laughs> uh, man. Yeah. Dude, it's, anything else? Um, Man, I mean, so yeah, like. I mean, on that I, topic anyway, Yeah, I was going to say like, I could, uh, it's funny because this is what we're talking about on this show, but like, gosh, I feel like I could, I love the, like listening to some of your podcasts and just the, the, uh, the back and forth conversations. You, you do such a good job of, uh, just having a good conversation with the, the, the guests and everything. And I'm like, this isn't all of who I am, uh, but it does happen to be what I'm into lately. And uh, I am glad that I'm able to come provide this, but I promise I'm not uh, so nutty about it um, that yeah. uh, this is, uh, I hope I haven't bored uh, anybody to death, basically. Okay, so cryptocurrency, that's what we've talked about most of the time, that yeah. world. Yeah. But I know you from a different world. <laughs> yeah. Hey, a completely different world. Real quick, I just want to, to get this out there. Uh, ben Fields, uh, you helped me you're a good dude you helped me um when i was just moving moved back from new orleans and i decided i wanted to be an audio engineer and associate myself with that stuff doing some film work stuff like that and you definitely helped me uh you know gave me a job or two to help you out with during a time where i was floating around a little bit looking for some work and you i ran around with you for a little while i learned a lot from you and uh i really I appreciate that. At the time, I was just kind of trying to keep my head above water. But then as time has gone on, I look back and I'm like, dang, Ben really helped me out. Like you let, you kept me floating there for a little while. So I just want to give you props on that. Dude, thank you. I was yeah. really glad when I met you because you don't meet a lot of people who you, you meet for the first time and, and you're like, this uh, this guy's got it. Like, like I, I worked with you as a sound man 
I think yeah. first. Yeah. And then, or maybe we were doing some camera work together or yeah. something like that, but we got to talking. It was like, man, this, this guy gets it. We should, we should work together. Yeah. And we did, we get, we got to, we got to shoot some stuff together. We were running around together for like a month or so. It was shooting great. Stuff for great American country. Yeah. Uh, the network. Yeah. And it was just me and you. Oh man. I got to, okay. I am the world's biggest Mayfield milk drinker. Oh, because we went to the farm? <laughs> no, before that, I've always been. And when we had a shoot at the Mayfield Dairy, I was like, this is so funny. Like, I can't wait to tell my parents about this because <laughs> I'd go through like a gallon every 24 hours for about three years growing up. And it's really cool because I think, was it Scotty Mayfield's son that yeah, was there? Michael. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Mayfield. He was doing something, helping, you know, whatever. And I was like, hey, I got to tell you, uh, I think I drink more Mayfield milk than anybody else alive. And this is so cool of him. He was like, oh man, not me. I drink more than you. I freaking love this stuff. And I was like, man, what a cool move. Like props. Uh, yeah. Maybe you do. Like, uh, I bet well he does. Played. I bet he yeah, does. I just like that he just couldn't wait to tell me how much he really, truly enjoyed drinking Mayfield his own, milk. His, his own family's own, milk. His own milk. Dude, he texted me the other day. <laughs> On accident, really? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, it was a my nonsensical God. text that came across at like at like ten o'clock at night or something. It, it was like uh, something they were trying to do. He was trying. He was trying to film something or do something. And I think he just typed the wrong name in the phone or something like that. <laughs> That's a so funny I texted him the text. next day. It was, it was like, uh, yeah, I'm happy <laughs> yeah. to help. What? What? Let's do it. I didn't yeah. hear back from him. That was oh, that was man. so funny. We were we were, uh, dude. We were. I guess it was, were you working with Pop Fizz a little bit at the time? Yeah, yeah, Pop Fizz. I think that's how I ended up meeting you because you also worked for Pop Fizz at some point. Before, uh, this was before uh, before I went went on full time. Yeah, you were doing stuff associated with him, but you were still yeah, just your own thing. It wasn't my main gig. I was, mm -hmm. I was doing my own thing. It was when I had my own company. It was right at the tail end. Yeah. Because I was doing some work with Pop Fizz and, uh, and they... Uh, <laughs> They sent sent me out on a shoot with a sound man I didn't know, and you were out <laughs> yeah. there killing it, dude. <laughs> oh man, I am a, I'm a perfectionist. That's for sure. I feel like there's a, probably a lot of sound guys out there that feel the same way. It's like God, you just want it to be perfect. Like if it's gonna have my name on it, I, I really I, I don't want it to leave my house unless it it uh, I got my stamp of approval on it. That's why I love Sam. Thomas. That's why I love Mikey D. Mike D. Oh, gosh, love him to death. You sound guys, dude, are just are you're you're good down to earth people, but you also understand stuff inside <laughs> and out from a technical standpoint, yeah. and just have this like thoroughly pragmatic view of the way the world works. And I think it all bases from equipment and electronics, yeah. and just like uh, this does that, this does that, and then you kind of associate the rest of the world around you in those same terms, like oh, trying yeah. to understand social things as deeply as you understand well, a four channel recorder. <laughs> we listen, you know, oh, that's all you do. <laughs> there, there it is. <laughs> I mean, like we, um, I feel like, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's always appealed to me to be behind the console or behind, uh, you know, uh, at the computer or whatever. I had a band. I like being on stage too, but like, I feel most at home out of the spotlight but still with that control still making the stuff yeah like, still being a part of i love being creative behind the scenes like I that feel is you, dude. oh gosh I, I eat that up i feel you and um yeah i mean like it was it took for 
forever for me, you know, growing up, you're like, oh, movie stars. But then you get older and you're like, oh, actually, it's the directors of the movie. That's whose vision you're seeing, mm. you know? Yeah. Well, I think the story is told a lot of different t- different ways and a lot of different times. And that's what's so cool about the visual storytelling medium. And audio, I'm sure, is the same way, too. Uh, there's a bunch of different people who get to put their thumbprint on stuff. Yeah. And so you might say, yeah, that's a Steven Spielberg movie. But, like, everybody from him to the you know to the actors to the art directors to the sound man the sound mixer the guy doing the foley at the end everybody got to help tell that story yeah and i think that is you don't have to be you don't have to be the actor in front of the camera to be able to be proud about something that was made like oh yeah a film or in your case like an album yeah Yeah, like you worked in the studio a ton right absolutely um i mean i like so like a lot of people like, um, I think my style is, you know, a lot of people like to capture a band and it's like a documentary of what took place uh, on this day. But I feel like I enjoy like sculpting the sounds into a vision where instead of making a documentary, I'm making a movie. Yeah. Like this album is a, uh, instead of a documentary, it's more of a creative endeavor. So a, a documentary would be like recording a band live. Yeah. Four people at the same time playing, playing a song yeah. and you're just kind of capturing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you're saying you would rather take clips take, or, or, or take little stems, take little sounds and then create them piece by piece into something instead of just documenting what's Sometimes happening. that, or like, you know, maybe, um, they did record it live, but I hear it and it makes me feel like, oh man, this is great. But like, it could be even bigger in a way or like to make you feel at the end of the day, you want people, the main goal is you want them to feel emotion of what comes out of the speakers. Sure. And I feel like if I put my little extra juice on there, I can maybe extract a little bit more of an emotional reaction to the music than the documentary would provide. Yeah, I think that's what we're all trying to do because that's what wins. I mean, that's why people listen to begin with because you evoke something, whether it's a visual storytelling medium or uh, an audio, an auditory storytelling medium, like you're just pulling it out of people. But I think music does it as much to people as anything else. Music can take you back to a moment in time as much as like a smell can or something like that. Absolutely. You know, there's something deeply tied to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Real quick. I just want to say like, I just finished mixing a a local band X gold's record and I bet they'll be putting it out sometime soon. So keep an eye out for that. I, I really love it. X gold. X gold. Okay. Uh, it's fantastic. It's like short, punchy, to the point, like uh, electric. Um, oh man, uh, I, I don't even want to give too much away, but there. I just was try live seeing them at the pilot light, you know, stuff like that. It's a. It just is like pumping and and electric, and I was just trying to to make that sound happen uh, coming out of speakers. You know, the way that the live show feels, sometimes you have to sculpt it and mold it a little bit to get that feeling to come out of speakers because it's a different experience, you know. Where are they from, X-Gold? Knoxville. Um, okay. The, uh, let's see, uh, I mean, I can name names on here, I guess. Are there a bunch of people in it, um, in the group? Yeah, uh, well, it's changed over time. Yeah. Uh, currently, it's a guy named Chris, a guy named Sam, and a girl named Kelsey. And um, that's the current uh, the lineup. And uh, is it like the gorillas, fantastic. where it all changes around all the time? And- <laughs> oh no, man! This is like uh, straightforward, like 
think like, uh, man, Devo meets like uh, ragged, like rocking, like, uh, oh man, um, there's a, uh, it's got like a, a, a repetitive Devo, like driving it into your brain aspect, as well as a like, um, like electro, a little more off the rails, like rocking, uh, like rocking punk. A little bit to it like is it describing music so hard oh uh, yeah i mean especially <laughs> doing it in a point where somebody's going to listen back to this and be like that's not what we sound like yet. <laughs> or whatever nah, Just, don't worry about yeah, it yeah yeah great are you so you're still recording music uh yeah well like i i do i have been sort of a on special occasions in the past four or five years but i'm getting ready to switch my normal job up for try to spread my wings again and uh do maybe some more recording do a little more recording get back to a little more of like what makes me me what's your what do you what is what's your normal job uh, i work at uh this place in town called hologram we build guitar pedals and sell them all over the world really mm -hmm. what kind of pedals um like, like effects wah -wah. pedals uh, like man there's this one that just came out well not too long ago well not for me time flies but uh there are newest pedals called microcosm and it's just, um, gosh, man, it is a suite of effects and like, you know, reverse it. Uh, it's got glitchy stuff. It's got, uh, you know, distortion. It's got, I mean, it's. So it's these aren't got, pedals that just do one thing. Not that hologram. <laughs> not a hologram. It's so it's like a thing it, it, that you haven't heard before. That's what, that's what hologram makes. Gotcha. So it's like one, one uh, uh, pedal console that does a bunch of different things. Yeah. More okay. or less. That's sweet. It sort of dude. can take the place of multiple pedals, I guess you could say, especially okay. this last the microcosm. So, is there like soldering involved in your? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah Actually, put all that stuff together. Not as much as it used to be, um, uh, because we're building such large quantities now. Um, that you know, it's, it's it, they've done well. It's it's good. There's a lot of people buying these. So we used to basically hand solder them, and now some of those things come uh, uh, pre-soldered from uh, the place that we get our circuit boards from gotcha. and uh but man it's really taught me how to solder really well and I, so i've fixed a bunch of stuff in my house and yeah oh man with games uh i've gone back to crt tvs and i've recapped an entire crt learned how to not kill myself uh doing that which was a really fun time What's a crt uh that's the old style with the glass and television cathode ray tube is what it stands for so okay. like yeah the old style before lcds and uh flat screens came out Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's uh, it's nerdy over here. <laughs> I love it, dude. But uh, how long were you doing that? Uh, uh, hologram? I, yeah. Probably about five years. Yeah. So so right when we met, uh, the, the sound thing, you were recording a bunch of stuff, Sweet sweet Years? Or, or oh, yeah, Zach Sweet and, Years. Zach and Cody's Sweet Life? Zach and Cody's Sweet Life. Zach and Cody's Sweet yeah. Life. That's Turned Dakota. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Dakota. I met that dude one time. Oh, yeah. Great, great people. Some of my best friends in the world. Um, yeah. And uh, you were doing a podcast at the same time. Yeah. I met you. Sharing needles with friends. I yeah. was also on that. What the hell is that? Yeah. Uh, that was a little project from uh, my friends Gene and Derek. And basically, we pick an album, listen to it beforehand, and then we basically press record and talk about what that album is to us. We do a little research on it talk about who you know like 
how it was recorded or, uh, you know, all some uh, interesting details that we found out about it, you know, and uh, just talk about like why we love it. And it was really fun. They'd also give like music news kind of uh, during the week. Uh, cool. They'd kind of do a, a another kind of separate one that just kind of like what the this weekend music gotcha. kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. So you had just moved up here from New Orleans too at the time, right? Oh yeah. Are you from Knoxville? Man, New Orleans. I dream. I still dream about New Orleans. Are they nightmares? Or are they? Are oh, they, it's dreams. Uh, it's it, dreams. It's you can go. Okay, if you go to New Orleans and you have a good experience, like I, I understand, you can go to New Orleans and and spend a lot of money and waste a lot of time, but if you have a good experience, you will leave New Orleans and New Orleans will not leave you. Like yeah, you can't out drink it. It's within you yeah. <laughs> at that point. You take it everywhere. How else. long were you there? I was there for about three years. Okay, but you grew up here, right? Yeah. Okay. Where'd you go to school? I went to Gibbs, uh, okay. Gibbs High School. So you're out there, like East uh, Knoxville. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And I, when I met you, didn't you have like a Volkswagen bus also? Um, I had a Volkswagen Eurovan. A Eurovan. I, oh, I have yeah. a Eurovan. I had two Eurovans yeah. actually. Well, that's yeah. how many you need to keep one of them working. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Man, when we first bought that, uh, the first one, we got it from uh, MF, you know yeah, that place? MF Auto. And uh, like the old place it used to be. And he's like, yeah, I want 1500 bucks for this. And my dad was like, uh, yeah, let's just look at the, uh, you know, pop the hood real quick. Saw the like timing belt was like, shred, you know, about to go. He was like, oh, looks like the uh, sales price on this thing just went down 500 bucks and yeah. like oh well we're gonna have to do this but you know we got it got it going and uh, yeah that thing so you fixed it you bought it for didn't have for any back seats bucks. in it yeah. we took it i drove that thing to washington dc i drove it to delaware that thing was great yeah was that, what year was it uh i think it was a 93 okay yeah cool the backwards facing uh seats in the other one that did have seats you know the seats behind the driver Face backwards, face backwards uh, yeah. Such a cool little experience. Yeah, our Eurovan has uh, has the backwards facing seats. One of them pops out. I put oh, a yeah. Yeti cooler right there because you can get in oh, and out of it yet. right next to the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you still have enough. You know, the one backwards facing seat. Yeah, and a cooler. So got you, the experience. Yeah, if you ha- if you if you got to pack a bunch of people in it, you could you could still do it. <laughs> oh yeah, you, can you pack. still have them? Do you sell them? Yeah, I sold them eventually. Yeah. Um, over time, I I feel like uh, gosh, over the years I've owned a handful of cars but man that was one of the fun little extra fun time periods all those euro vans yeah you gotta know how to work on them though <laughs> yeah yeah uh and then uh and then so the music stuff was happening and then you were doing location sound too for pop fizz right mm-hmm. yeah okay um yeah i mean i've really enjoyed that like going to so many different places for uh the show tennessee uncharted yeah going into caves uh we went hang gliding uh we didn't get to go hang gliding we uh, did Eric Baker just, go hang just gliding? Eric uh, went hang gliding on that one but did he really up there oh yeah I mean it was we did such cool stuff it was a uh, super fun time do you know you won an Emmy for that show oh yeah yeah uh, I have did, to check did, up on that <laughs> see if I won any other I have to check up on my just do a quick Emmy count no, one of these days well that was one of them that you worked on that won an Emmy <laughs> are you are, you're, you're no, all being serious I'm serious you? yeah it won a, serious? yeah it won an Emmy for writing yeah oh, for man. the writing well that's freaking awesome yeah I mean, I don't think the the sound. Congratulations engineer... to all involved. <laughs> yeah, you were involved. It's good. <laughs> That's funny, dude. And and then our little run together that was super. That was that was super fun. It was like a, a month with of camp with just me and you working on stuff all the oh, time. Oh man, yeah. Going. I mean, like location sound is an interesting, fun. Like I, I, I've always said, like 
I really enjoy sleeping in hotels. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah. I, when I get home, I'm always a little bit bummed. I mean, yes, oh, my own bed, but like, man, I love I love being on the on the road. It's cool around. every now and then. Yeah, it's like I did it a lot right before I got married, and yeah. it was it was cool. I could do it. I wasn't married. I didn't have a lot going on, but now like with kids and. And, you know, responsibilities at home, it's a little tougher to do oh, in yeah. long stretches. Like I went to the West Coast for three weeks one time, one February, yep. you know, to shoot. And I, sh- I was on like four or five different shoots on the West Coast in California. And it was like, it was perfect. It's yeah. great. I got to miss, you know, the worst part of the winter in Tennessee. Uh-huh. But like, I couldn't do that now. Yeah. I've, now I've got like um, my girlfriend now. Uh, I've Now that I, I've been dating her for long enough, I'm like, I think back to like, there's I, I, every once in a while I'd be doing sound for a band and they'd be like, Hey, uh, maybe, uh, interested in having you on the road with us, you know, whatever. I always had the partial dream of, uh, you know, touring around as a live sound engineer as well. I worked at the international concourse for about four years doing that. And, uh, occasionally I get those things, but like for me, it's got to be just the right fit on it. People wise. Yeah. It's not I'm, just the job. It's the people you got to spend the other 12 hours a day with when yeah. you're not working. Yeah. You got to be simpatico. And that's yeah. why I thought you and I got along great because oh, we did the work it was and, and the work like was good. A glove. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it was, was fantastic. Yeah. We did. But with uh, yeah, my girlfriend now, I'm like, you know, it's good to have this like kind of sigh of relief of like instead of this pipe dream scenario that never uh, – happened uh you know whatever i'm like i actually i don't know if i want to be that you know time goes on and now i'm like i like our little life uh yeah. together you know like you're yeah. talking about getting married and it's like i it's it's very uh dreams uh of certain things it's great to have and then if those things don't happen it's really great when your life becomes something else and you can like be happy completely about that and not uh you know that those other things yeah. sort of just evaporate and uh not missing out on you're like thing. wow it wasn't such a big deal to me after all you know yeah it's a, a nice peaceful feeling you know yeah but hotels are nice i stayed in one last night <laughs> yeah. king size bed oh yeah uh, yeah i was like and there'll be no dogs kicking me in the face uh-huh. or yeah. you know maybe some... a possible hot tub uh if you get <laughs> yes. there before 10 or yeah. whatever yeah sleeping in a king bed all by yourself baby dude i got a a hot tub breakdown for you here i I don't know if this was like uh i don't know if it's still a thing but there was a a hotel out by the airport that for a while had a 24-hour hot tub that you could just (laughs) go you know it did not close really did you have to be staying at the hotel and just well we just kind of sneak in and and hit it up one morning or one uh not after the bars closed down, we went out there and then in the Waffle House after that. Just like, man, this 24-hour hot tub is a freaking gym. This is amazing. And I'm pretty sure it changed owners and they don't, but they don't have that anymore. Yeah. It sounds like you'd put that on like the tourism list of oh great things to gosh. do in Knoxville. I mean, like if you want business at your hotel, do that. But I, yeah, that could lead to uh, you having to close down after a while, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> uh so i want to hear about new orleans a little bit Dude, why'd oh, you go man. down there um i went down there because my friend uh, a couple of friends started a studio down there okay. and i was going to go and help them at the studio they had a doctor that 
was an investor, bought the space, bought a bunch of gear. And after he realized still like it wasn't enough money. <laughs> yeah. Because it takes, uh, they had a big space and they yeah. uh, were going to need to do a lot of work. Yeah. It, uh, and then he, that doctor got like a divorce or something like that. So they were like, he, they had, he, to, sell he had it? to scrap it. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. But it mean, took like, three years. You were down there three years. Yeah. Like that was the first like six months. And then after that, it was like, well, I'm down here. I'll get a, a job working at a restaurant. And I feel like truly that's when the city opened up for me because I was, I was now taking part like New Orleans, they eat and they drink like nobody. They have the best time, the best food. I learned what great food tasted like, not just good food. And I mean, I got a job working at a restaurant and I feel like that's when the city opened up because I was like doing what the city had to offer. You know, I was like jumping in. Getting to be an active participant in the city and not a, yeah, Yeah. ancillary or, or, or like peripheral player yeah looking from the outside yeah and i started making all these friends and just had like the best time i feel like i became myself down there and like you can be whoever you want to be in new orleans like you walk in the gas station with you know a a crazy pink hair dressed up like it's mardi gras or something and the you know gas station guys like well yeah cigarettes yeah there you go have a nice day you know nobody blinks it's just Hey, it's just such a fun atmosphere. Yeah, not a lot of judgment going on. Oh, so creative. I love it. There is just the the word that comes to mind always is just there's like a joy that's in the air that all the time. Is just spread around yeah. uh, everyone and it is it might have something to do with the fact you can drink on the street. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we should do some research. <laughs> yeah. We should look at that. But man, it is a special place, but like I said, do your best to maybe find somebody that's been down there that knows the good spots that yeah. can either go with you and give you an awesome tour or give you a bunch of places that you should go and check out because you can go down there. You can get sucked into Bourbon Street, which honestly is take it or leave it, whatever. Um, it's kind of like the flypaper that attracts the majority of the tourism. Yeah. And all the cool stuff is hanging out cool somewhere else. All the cool stuff is somewhere else, yeah. you know? And if you have a good experience down there, it's just like, it is a special place. You know, it's yeah. it's awesome. Well, when you move back, well, what'd you move back for? Just anything? I had, so I had a house and I was, I was like, when you I, had a house here, or you had one there, I had a house here you, that you owned that I owned and I was renting it out. And the lady that was living there had to move and sort of like suddenly, yeah. and I was like, oh crap. Well, I gotta go back and live in my house. I can't just yeah. pay for this. I can't get another renter from. 500 miles away or whatever. Yeah. You had to go so, back and check on the house. I had to go back and check on the house. And yeah. Ended up staying? Ended up staying in old uh, Knoxville again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, that's when I got back. I was like, okay, I'm back. Knoxville 2.0. Um, I want to do me this time. Yeah. The way I learned to be in New Orleans. So that's when I started with, I'm, I'm going to check into some audio, you know, like yeah. I always liked uh, mixing and recording at home. New Pro Tools well. And uh, once I got into... Uh, couple of places doing live sound yeah then People you got introduced what they heard yeah. and uh i was like okay this is cool this is me yeah you got yeah. back in the pipeline when you came back and started doing live sound and i got and, in the pipeline for the first time really you know yeah. like finally started meeting the type of people that i'm surrounded by today yeah and i truly i feel like the friends that i have today like i do a little bit of this and a little bit of that but the friends that i have that is my greatest accomplishment. That is, that is 
my current mark that I have left on the world. Uh, there are just That's great. Uh, it's it's a it's a great time every time. You well, know? good friends are hard to find, and when when you start to collect a few of them, it's really nice to have. Yeah, to have them. Hey, cheers. Yeah, but <laughs> are all these new people that um, you that you found after New Orleans? I uh, sort of had like I had some some friends up here that I came back to, but then they'd met some people while I, I was gone and introduced me to new friends. Okay, uh, so so the so the the crew grew. The, yeah, exactly. You yeah. got some new you got some I, new keepers in there. I feel there. like you meet one cool person, like genuinely like daytime hangout friend, you yeah. know, kind of person. And they will, uh, they'll lead you yeah. to the other group. They got people. more people hanging around them. They're just like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm damn glad that you decided to make the move. And even though we've been like, you know, since you, since you've been making the pedals, we hadn't been working together. I know. I mean, I got, I, I got the hologram job and I got the, the concourse job, like right about the same time. So for a while I was working like 60 hours a week. The concourse being the, um, the venue, Electric ballroom venue, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you were doing uh front of house sound for them? Front of house there. Um, cool experience. I mean, God, I love those people so much there. I think they have a new venue and I, I'm not exactly sure where it is, but I, I think it's on Broadway. I haven't been there yet. Gotcha. But uh, just the best people. I just love working for them so much. It's It was such a good uh, family. They're off the beaten path. It's not the it wasn't the easiest place to get to. Uh, so it, I think the location is the thing that damned it, you know, the, the concourse. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, man, they had, um, some excellent shows. I got to yeah, see some of my shows. favorite artists. I got to do sound for some of my favorite, uh, artists coming through there and, you know, Super say what's cool. up to them. And so that was awesome. Um, yeah. and that helped me grow as a, a recording engineer for recording records and stuff yeah. too. It's like, you know, you can't hear, what 40 hertz truly sounds like in your living room sometimes uh you know when you crank it up and uh you know you know exactly where to put that kick drum and uh i feel like once you feel that you're you can kind of translate it back to your living room but those uh the big system you know cranking it up and uh mixing live the thing i, I love about that is it's done when the show is over yeah that it's over. there is no yeah, let me wait. redo that real yeah. quick let me let me yeah. tweak that snare yeah it's done you go home and it's and you sit down and drink a beer and on records uh there's opportunities to correct things and that's a blessing and a curse you know sure yeah you can really get lost in it oh yeah yeah never really be done with it <laughs> yeah you know? oh god yeah down the rabbit hole Ugh. so what's going on what's going on now just to like wrap up the whole Blake cast story. Well, like I said, I'm, well, I forget if I said it on here, I told you earlier, I was like, uh, saying that actually my hologram days are, are coming to an end. So now, uh, I'm about to spread the old wings, figure out what's next. Um, I've been doing a lot of stuff in the background while I've been at hologram. Um, and here I am talking to you again I'm about to be my in-between job phase again. And now I'm like, <laughs> how did you just re-enter my life yeah. on another like stepping stone thing? I'm like, there it is. I don't know. Whatever yeah. it is, I, the, the redo button has been pressed. And I, I just like shaking it up like every yeah. six, seven years, or at least historically, it appears that I do. The, yeah. And um, so I have... Um, 
I, I have this like dream of like uh, the classic uh, trading cryptocurrency from your phone at the beach kind of thing, like you see on the YouTube commercials. <laughs> Sounds like you I'm did not, pretty well. Uh, I'm not a wise enough trader to, I, I've realized that forgetting about shit is <laughs> my greatest strength. So yeah, it's not, not an effective investment strategy. <laughs> yeah. I'm not um, an, a good active trader. I, I think like making a, a decision and letting it ride is, uh, is very is almost the safest bet you can have but um i do also sell video games on ebay uh hey look me up 8-bit after party there you go uh on ebay i've got uh nintendo's you know uh, important games from japan there's so much stuff that came out in japan that we didn't get over here and uh gosh i just um such a playstation 2 and earlier that's where my jam is i, I, I like love it that's why the pool suite yeah exactly yeah, yeah i know i mean like the old pixelated graphics and stuff here is something that i have thought for a couple weeks uh well a couple months i guess I had this thought so games are getting so advanced i get it you know it was like nintendo super nintendo nintendo 64 when Super Nintendo came out, Nintendo just looked lame, you know? Oh, yeah. So so you think it's all going too fast and people are going to dig back to well, the 8-bit? Not necessarily going too fast, but like when Super Nintendo came out, Nintendo was instantly lame. But now that you're on PlayStation 5, Nintendo's just different. It's They're both great. Gotcha. There are great games to be had on all systems. It's just, it looks just its own style now. And so... Here is my proposition. I, I've thought about like making a, a YouTube video or something about this because I see people on there bring interesting thoughts to your mind sometimes about video games and stuff. But like, say you, there's two pictures side by side. One is like Mario jumping into a block. The next one beside it is a recreated photo of like me jumping into a block, you know, which video game do you want to play? Like, I just feel like video games for the longest time have been chasing better graphics. So, okay. When you say you jumping into a block, you mean like a three dimensional, perfect. Yeah. I have perfect. Literally we've recreated reality, what it looks like in the Mario game in say this living room. Yeah. And it's it's a picture of that. And it's like, games are so real now that they, sort of it's like we were chasing the graphics for so long but now that the graphics are to the point where it we, does look we real, went too far it's like yeah it's almost like i guess what i'm saying is like okay say you tap the button it's done now games are reality you've done it you've dinged the bell okay that doesn't necessarily mean that every video game that comes out after this point has to look real like there are benefits and to the old way. To the old way. They they yeah. look more like video games. Yeah. They feel more. People still watch cartoons, you know? Yeah. Because they want to watch. It doesn't take away from real movies, uh, you know, real shows yeah, with it, actors. I get it. It's, a di- it, it, it's almost it's a, a different medium. It is. It's a difference between watching cartoons and watching a movie almost. Like m- movies, they want to suspend your disbelief. They don't want you to not... Under, they don't want you to think that you're watching a movie. Yeah. You want to be completely taken away from it. But if you're playing 
Mario and eight or 16 bit or whatever, you're definitely aware that you're playing something. It's not like yeah. it's simulating reality. It's not taking the place sure. of reality. I get what you're saying. Yeah. It feels that more makes, like a game. Yeah. That makes sense. And people love games. And if it's a good game, it doesn't matter if it has, you know, pixelated eight bit graphics or it looks undistinguishable, indistinguishable from real life. If it's a great game, it's a great game. Sure. That's like, that's true. Uh, but you think that there's, that there, that there's um, a hankering out there for people that, that want that nostalgia oh, oh, there, there's, more than they want uh, reality to be reinvented for them. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like a, a smaller group than the mega triple uh, A studios that people are playing like Call of Duty and uh, um, Grand Theft Auto, stuff like that. Definitely a, a more of a smaller group, but. I, I don't think that... You still think it's a, a meaningful uh, portion of the market. Yeah, that won't ever go away. Yeah. Uh, it's, Nostalgia, you know, I think, is a huge part of it. Yeah. Oh, that for sure. Yeah. You know? So, I, But that's going to go away when we start to die out and not think that... I mean, I tried to play Tecmo Super Bowl not too long ago, and it was fun, but yeah. it was like... It, it For some reason, it didn't hold me like it did when I was a kid. For sure. There are certain games where like, I popped in Skate or Die one time, and I was like, man, love this game as a kid. Guess what? Not really a great game. Yeah. We just had it, so we played it. Yeah, yeah. And it was called Skate or Die, and yeah. it, my cousins had it, and it was great to play back then, but like, yeah. not a good game. But there's opposite versions of that where it's like Mario 1, actually super challenging at parts. Like um, if you try to like speed run games, which is a, th- a thing now, oh, yeah. that opens up a whole new thing. And the older games are simple. Speed, speed running is where you try to get through the game as fast as possible. right? Yeah. And whew, man, it is like truly try to amazing. The game yeah. Like as fast as you can. There's people doing glitches and doing Mario's going through walls and stuff that you never knew existed as a kid. Yeah. And to unlock something like that on a game that's 30 years old. Yeah. And they've never seen Mario like clip through a pipe and not enter the pipe, but like go through the pipe and then into this other place that you never. And it's just like, Oh my gosh, this is cool to me. You know, it starts to feel like uh, you've unlocked a whole new way to play the game. That's funny that, that uh, you're recognizing that, that we're all getting back there. I mean, I think everybody recognizes it when they're releasing the, you know, the, the little Nintendo replica boxes that are half as big, but they have all the games on them. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And an HDMI cable. On the, I don't know if they have an HDMI on the back. Yeah, you know? but I it's think like, they probably do, yeah. Yeah, but it's like, a, you know, they, they obviously know that that we want that. But do you think do you think it's going to become a greater need then? Well, I feel like that will always be around uh, for the people who like the older stuff. There's cycles, but then there's also just the people who, like I said, like Super Nintendo made Nintendo look lame, but PS5... Nintendo, it's just different. So yeah. it's like it's yeah. there'll, there'll always be people that en- yeah. enjoy the uh, the old ones too. I feel like Nintendo is the first time that video games sort of had an emotional, made you feel emotions. Yeah. And that's the first I remember is playing Mario and being like, "Oh yeah. my goodness, like, I'm doing a thing right now." <laughs> yeah, and it's not playing Pong and on the, an Atari, trying to save the princess. You know, all this yeah. Uh, kind of yeah. There was narrative to it. Narrative, yeah. yeah. Whereas Atari truly does feel like the horse and carriage, you know, uh, or the whatever it is. Actually, for me personally, that that's the cutoff point where I'm like, I'm actually not interested in playing yeah. Atari. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So anything else going on new? Let's see. New stuff. I mean, I got the video games. I got the crypto. I got uh, <laughs> little music stuff here and there. Um, 
I think I fleshed out my. my, I think I I feel pretty fleshed out. uh, I I balanced out the crypto. That's that's good. This is like oh yeah, (laughs) this is like um, therapy. You know, you just got to get it all out there. You just got to come spill it all. I really do love uh, the podcasts. When I used to do the other one, it was it was like weekly therapy. It's great. Yeah. One other thing, uh, I told my brother, I was like, uh, I'm going on this podcast. We talk about crypto because. He's like one of the only people that actually listened to me blab about stuff and, yeah. you know, got him into it and we have fun with it. I was like, I'm going on this podcast, talking about crypto, a little bit of everything. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell him about this YouTube video that's out there. I know nobody's ever seen. Uh, it's probably got like 100 views on it. It's been out there for like six years. And uh, another part of who I am, uh, who I really am, if you want to see who I really <laughs> am, uh, top in cow pasture parasailing on YouTube and see what that brings up. Cow pasture parasailing. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that's your video? That is our video. That is me and my brother and my cousins. Um, and we had a parachute from our old elementary school and my cousin had a golf cart. And we're like, dude, let's see if we can pull this thing behind the golf cart. And I think the video that's on YouTube sort of shows the whole arc of us attempting that but then we got our hands off of an actual um got our hands on an actual parasail off of ebay and uh long story short we succeeded uh, finally getting up into the air <laughs> how long did it take i'm looking it up um uh, how long did the whole um the like how long did, take? Well, yeah how long did it take to get off the ground oh my god as soon as you if you got the parasail in the right you know way that it needs to be oriented you'll take off within like three steps. Uh, I mean, we pulled it with a truck and uh, we added a scooter at one point so you didn't have to run as far. So, uh, all right. So you started with a golf cart? We started with a golf cart. We moved up to a truck. And how did you get a parasail from your, or a parachute from your uh, elementary school? How does that It was like out? stored under the stage. And I think my dad went to help with something at one point. He's like, hey, I got that parachute. Uh, and we knew it was down in the building somewhere. So like- it's 22 minutes long. You think people are going to watch it? <laughs> well, I'll skim through it. But uh, yeah. Oh, there it is. It's all blown up. <laughs> oh, man. We got liftoff. Uh, yeah. Oh, not much. The, the, oh, the dude, actual... that is the dumbest thing I've ever seen anybody try. Oh, yeah. I, I was like, I can't believe you guys tried it. When we put that when we put that on YouTube, I was like, oh, yeah, there's probably other people that Johnny Knoxville, somebody's there's, there's going to be other people doing this or have done this or whatever. And for the longest time. I don't think there's Dude, anybody. I can't believe Tosh.0 didn't pick it up for like some web redemption. Or oh something. yeah, it's buried. And, uh, I mean, we've never, we've never. Uh, t- it's it's for our own personal archives, basically. Yeah, not really. What we used it for. <laughs> well, see, uh, Google cow pasture parasailing. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Dude, Blake, thanks for coming, man. Oh man, I'm really glad we got to hang. Seriously, I'm this glad has to been... see you great yeah i mean i haven't seen you in about six years i know this is perfect yeah well thanks for having me thanks for being here dude yeah all right how do we do love me some blake cast i'm glad we got to catch up thank you guys for being here check the link in our instagram bio for the nft auction super sweet And take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. Remember to be grateful. Pitchwire. Play me out.